0: wonderful great to see you welcome to church welcome to berlin church um my name is claudia i'm one of the pastors here and it is my privilege to be here with you today um, to share the message um last week we celebrated easter right anybody was here for easter did you like it come on did you did you like it (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> it was amazing, right? We had a, a wonderful Sunday last week celebrating Resurrection Sunday with three amazing services. And let me tell you, the first service was so packed that there was no seat left. No seat left. We had people um, out there who couldn't get in and needed to wait for the next service because there was actually every single seat occupied in that place. And the second service was packed as well. A lot of of the seats that today are empty were packed last week and then in the third service which was our praise party the house was full as well but as I already said look around you today (laughs) what's going on (laughs) there are many many seats empty Um, but guys Churches in general, when when you look into church attendance, um, you can see that the statistics show that like before the big holidays, attendance goes up and then at the holiday there is a peak and afterwards the attendance goes down and maybe the the attendance even is below than it was before. And there probably are a couple of reasons for that. Like last week many of you brought friends and family and that's great. Keep on doing that but I also want to encourage you bring them even when there is not a festival because you never know when they are ready to receive the word of God and say yes to Jesus. So keep on bringing them. But, but bringing friends and family probably is not the only reason, right? We also have the CEOs show up, like Christian Easter only. Okay? They come only Chris, Christmas, Christmas, and Easter, and the rest of the year they're not there. Um, and don't hear me judging them, okay? I'm not judging anyone. But I pray that as they come, Christmas and Easter, they will experience the power of God in such a way that they fall in love with God and decide to come every weekend. But even the CEOs and friends and family probably are not the only explanation for. A low attendance after big festivals. I think some of us also are a little bit of a little bit tired um, after those festivals and, and I totally get that. You know in the week of Easter in the holy week we have three days of church in only one week. That means for us we had eight services, we had three services on on Palm Sunday, two services on Good Friday, three services on Easter Sunday, and I was there for all of them. And I tell you, yes, it can be a little bit exhausting. (laughs) It can be that you are a little bit tired. It can be that you have a little bit of a spiritual hangover, like you need a break. Like when you go to the dictionary, right? The word hangover... What you read there is, a hangover is a feeling of sickness after having too much alcohol. And usually when you have a very bad hangover, you need a break. You need to lay down because you have a headache and you're feeling sick. You need to lay down. You need to have a break. And some of you might know what that feels like. Don't raise your hand, okay? Don't raise your hand. Keep that between you and God. Pray, repent. (laughs) Don't do it again. I do believe that there are are other hangovers as well, like a hangover, for example, from movies, where you watch a movie because you like it, and you watch it again and again and again and again and again, and then you get sick of it, and you need a break from that movie. You cannot watch it any longer. Happened to me with The Greatest Showman. I don't know if you watched that movie. It's amazing, and I don't know how often I watched it in the year it came out, but at one point it was too much. But I think I'm almost ready <laughs> to watch it again. Okay, hangovers also go with food, okay? When you eat food, a certain type of food too often and you eat it and you eat it and you eat it and then you cannot eat it anymore. I wish was, this was, would work with chocolate and crisps, but there are foods you can have a hangover from and you need a break. And, and it is important to have a hangover from a movie and from food but it's not good to have a hangover from church. Especially not after Easter because Easter wasn't meant for hangover. Easter was meant for handover. Hangover versus handover. That's the title of my message for those of you who take notes. Hangover versus handover. And I brought a story for you from the Bible. Basically, it's the last story in the Gospel of John And in that story, we can see the disciples having a little bit of a hangover from Easter. But Jesus comes and he takes them out of the hangover and gets them ready for the handover. And I would like to read that story to you. You will have it on the big screen. I read it from my phone. So let's go there. John 21 and we start in verse 1. Later, Jesus appeared again to his disciples beside the Sea of Galilee. And this is how it happened. Several of the disciples were there. Simon Peter, Thomas, Nathanael from Cana in Galilee, the sons of Zebedee, and two other disciples. Simon Peter said, I'm going fishing. We'll come too, they all said. So they went out in the boat, but they caught nothing all night. At dawn, Jesus was standing on the beach, but the disciples couldn't see who he was. He called out, fellows, have you caught any fish? No, they replied. Then he said, throw out your net on the right-hand side of the boat and, and you'll get some. So they did. And they, could, and, and they couldn't haul in the net because there was so many fish in it. Then the disciple Jesus loved said to Peter, it's the Lord. When Simon Peter heard that it was the Lord, he put on his tunic for he had stripped it off for work, jumped into the water and headed to the shore. The others stayed with the boat and pulled the loaded net to the shore, for they were only about 100 yards from shore. When they got there, they found breakfast waiting for them, fish cooking over a fire and some bread. See, the story t- takes place after Easter. We don't know exactly when. But it was somewhere between Resurrection Sunday and um, Ascension, and like in the Easter period and the Passover period and the the weeks later, there was a lot going on in the lives of the disciples. Like they spent three years with Jesus, and then they have this that the tri- triumphal entry into Jerusalem on Palm Sunday. And because they were with Jesus and his disciples, they were celebrated as well. They were honored as well as the ones who are the closest followers of Jesus. But then just a couple of days later, they are treated like criminals. I mean, people come to to arrest Jesus and accuse him of, of things that are not true. And then Jesus is sentenced to die. The death of a criminal it was a shameful and a painful and a cruel death. And the disciples, they would fall under that same persecution because they were close to Jesus. And it's not just that they now have to fear for their lives as well. They just lost their best friend. They just lost the one they spent the last three years with. So there was grief in their hearts, but I also think that there was confusion and there was a lot of despair because on that cross, all their hopes, all their dreams, everything they hoped for got crushed as well. I don't know, that's, that's, that's just a lot of things going on right there, only within four days. And then on Easter Sunday, out of the blue, Jesus shows up and he is alive again. They're full of joy and, and everything is amazing. And Jesus gives them a mission, and we don't know how much time he spent with them. But then he disappears, and there's no word, no sign from him, nothing. Until eight days later, he shows up again to talk a little bit with Thomas, and then he's gone again. No word, no sign. It's an emotional roller coaster. Can you feel that? Can you see that? An emotional roller coaster, a lot of things to take in. A lot of things to digest. A lot of things to think about. No wonder they have a little bit of a hangover and take a break. You know, they go back home, go back to Galilee, back to their old jobs, and they go fishing. Instead of taking on the mission that Jesus gave them, stepping into the new life that Jesus prepared for them, they go back to their old lives, and it is Peter who gets them there? Peter leads them in a hangover. He says, come, let's, let's go fishing. But Easter wasn't meant for hangover. Easter was meant for handover. And that's why Jesus came back to talk with them and to get them out of their ha- hangover, get them ready for handover. And it's very interesting how he's doing that. I mean, when we just read the story from from John 21, I don't know about you, but it reminds me a lot of the first calling of Peter, Andrew, John, and James. Same setting, same place, almost identical. They were fishing all night. They couldn't catch anything. Then Jesus tells them, throw in the net. And the the net is so full that, that their boats almost sink. So Jesus gets them out of the hangover first by reminding them of who they are by reminding them of their calling and that they are called for greater things than going back to their boats and catching fish. And somebody in here needs to know that. You are called for greater things than going back to your old life. Jesus has called you out of darkness into a life with him. He has a road for you, he has a plan for you, he has a calling for you. So don't go back to your old life. When it's hard or when you are exhausted or when you're tired, don't go back. To your old life, you are called for greater things than that. The disciples were called for greater things than that. And the disciples also, they needed to know that Jesus can provide for them as they walk in their calling. We can see that in the story. It's very subtle, but it's there. Because as they come back to the shore, breakfast is ready. Jesus doesn't need their fish to provide for them. He can provide for them out of himself and I think we need to know that as well. As we walk in our calling, as we walk in the calling of God, he will provide for us. He will give us what we need. He will sustain us so we can fulfill the plan and purpose that he has for, has for us. So Jesus is taking them out of hangover, gets them ready for handover by reminding them of who they are, reminding them of their calling, showing them that he can provide and the third thing he is doing, he's talking to the leader. He's talking to Peter. He has, he has a little bit of conversation with Peter after breakfast. And we want to read that again. You have that on the screen. I have it here. Hopefully. Well, I read it from there. After breakfast, Jesus asked Simon Peter, Simon, son of John, do you love me more than these? Yes, Lord, Peter replied. You know I love you. Then feed my lambs. Jesus, sorry. Uh, I'm confused, I cannot read that. Then feed my lambs, Jesus told him, yes. Jesus repeated the question, Simon, son of John, do you love me? Yes, Lord, Peter said. You know I love you. Then take care of my sheep, Jesus said. A third time, he asked him, Simon, son of John, do you love me? Peter was heard that Jesus asked the question a third time. He said, Lord, you know everything. You know that I love you. Jesus said, feed my, feed my sheep. So the first thing we can see in this conversation between Jesus and Peter is that Jesus is not mad or angry. So when we are in a hangover, Jesus is not mad or angry. But what Jesus is doing here, he's asking Peter an important question. He asks him, Peter, do you love me? And he asks three times. And Peter says yes three times. And Jesus repeats Peter's calling three times. See, Jesus wanted Peter to lead. He wanted him to lead. But he didn't want him to lead the others into a hangover. He wanted him to lead them into their new life into their new life in Jesus. And guys, this life is much more than being forgiven from our sins and having eternal life in the presence of God. This new life also is about identity and purpose. See, what Jesus did on Easter reaches back all the way to the fall of humanity. Back then, the first two people were deceived to mistrust and disobey God. And this sin separated them and us from God's presence, and death entered the world. But that's not all. Like, with the fall, their identity and purpose, God lost as well. Like, people were created in the image of God, to reflect God in all of his love. And God told them to reign and to fill the earth. So we were created to reflect God in all of his love and then to spread and multiply his love until it would fill the whole world. And this got lost with the fall as well. So the fall is not just about sin and death and separation, it's also about the loss of identity and purpose. But when Jesus died on the cross and when he rose on the third day, he not only paid for our sins so we can be forgiven, he not only broke the power of death so we can be in the presence of God forever, he also made a way for us to step back into our true and first identity and calling. Because through the forgiveness we have in Jesus, now the presence of God can dwell inside of us. And the Holy Spirit, he is the great transformer who helps us again to reflect God in all of his love and to spread this love until it reaches the end of the earth. That's the message of Easter. And that's the greatest message of all times. And somebody needed to tell the people. Jesus had the disciples to do that, but Peter is leading them into a hangover. And that's why Jesus needed to come and talk with Peter. He needed to come and talk with Peter because Peter couldn't be in a hangover. He needed to be ready for a handover. Jesus was about to go back to heaven. He needed somebody here on earth to lead. To lead the disciples. To lead them into the new life. To lead them to proclaim what Jesus had done on Easter. But until this point, apparently Peter wasn't ready. And the question, do you love me? is very profound in this context because humanity fell because they didn't love God enough to not eat from the tree. So the question, do you love me? Probably has much more to do than Peter denying Jesus three times on Good Friday. I think it is the question, do you love me enough to step into your destiny and calling? Do you love me enough to stick to your destiny and calling no matter what? Do you love me enough to tell others about that and help them to step into theirs? So Peter's, yes, is huge. He got them out of, out of hangover into a handover. And history shows that Jesus chose the right person. Because when on, on Pentecost, the Holy Spirit fell and filled Peter He received the power to step into his calling, into his destiny, and he never stopped fulfilling it. Never, ever, again, through his leadership, through his ministry, a movement was started that lasts until today. It's called the church, and we are part of it. So thank God. That Jesus got Peter out of hangover, got him ready for handover, and that Peter took over so we can be here today celebrating Jesus and praising him. Come on, guys. I believe Peter never allowed himself or others to go into a hangover again. But I believe he encouraged the people to step into what God made them to be. And he writes about that in one of his letters. And I want to read that to you. First Peter, chapter two, verse nine. You are, you are a chosen people, a royal priesthood, a holy nation, God's special possession, that you may declare the praises of him who called you out of darkness into his wonderful life. (laughs) There's no time for hangover. You are called for greater things than a hangover you are called to be kings and priests a holy nation a chosen people this is what you are called to and I hope that the story of Easter you don't stay with forgiveness and eternal life with God but I pray that you can stop a step into your destiny and your calling in the power of the Holy Spirit so you can live out your purpose no matter what in the power of the Spirit not in your own unstoppably You are called to be a chosen people, a royal priesthood. You are called to serve in God's house, to fight back territory for God, to push out the enemy, to serve in the house of God. This is what kings and priests are doing. This is who you are. There's no time for hangover. But there might be a handover today in this place. A handover in your life, maybe even a handover in my life, because Jesus is not done with handing over His plan, His destiny to you. And I want to pray for you today. I want to pray with you that Jesus can hand over to you. And if you feel like you are in a period of of hangover and you you are a little tired, allow Jesus. Allow him to remind you of who you are. Allow him to remind you of your calling. Allow him to remind you that he provides for you. And allow him to ask you Do you love me? Do you love me enough to step into your calling and destiny and to to stick with it? Through the good times, through the bad times, through the exhausting times, through the ugly times. Do you love me enough? To become a royal priest who's serving in my house, who's giving, who's fighting back territory, who's telling others about me. Do you love me enough to allow the Holy Spirit to transform you so you can reflect God in all of his love? Do you love me enough to go and to spread my love until it reaches the end of the earth? Do you love me enough? Do you love him enough? Jesus is here. He's asking you, do you love me enough? And if you do, I would like you to stand to your feet and I would like to pray for you. Jesus, thank you so much. Thank you, Jesus, that you are speaking. Thank you, Lord, that you know your people. You know us. You made us. You know the plans that you have for us. You know the purpose that you have for us. And God, I pray that you lead us into our destiny and purpose. And you see everyone who's standing right now. You see them. You see them where you, where they are. But you also see where you want to take them. And I pray that they are taking bold steps in the power of your spirit. And with the guidance of your word. So they can fulfill the plan that you have for their life. So they can become royal priests in your kingdom. God, I pray that by the power of your Holy Spirit, you touch them anew. You fill them anew. You stir up the fire anew to live for you, to reflect you in your love, to spread the love, to share that love with others. So it eventually will reach our sphere of influence and the whole world. Jesus, thank you for everyone who's standing here. And God, I pray, bless them. Pour out a new blessing over their lives. Pour out your spirit anew. Pour out your love anew. And help them to stick to the decision they make today. Help them to love you. Help them to walk with you no matter what. Help them to not go into a hangover. But whenever they feel tired, they go to you. And remember what you called them to do. Who who they are in you. That you provide. And by the power of your spirit, you can do exceedingly abundantly more than they can ever ask or imagine in and through them in the mighty name of Jesus.